This is Inspired in 15, where we dive into big ideas with the smartest founders and operators we know. In this episode, Claire Pan speaks with Navrina Singh, founder and CEO of Credo AI, all about the future of AI governance. We'll welcome Navrina after the break. Support for Inspired in 15 comes from the law firm Cooley, a global leader in venture capital financings, M&A, IPOs, and public company work. Cooley advisors entrepreneurs, investors, financial institutions, and established companies around the world where innovation meets the law. Learn more about the firm at Cooley.com and also at CooleyGo.com. Cooley's award-winning free legal resource for startups. Welcome, Narino. Claire, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to the conversation today. We're so excited to have you here today, and I'm excited to dig in. I think between you know the open letter that we saw a couple months ago and then the more recent news of Jeffrey Hinton, who's widely considered the godfather of AI, leaving Google over some of these issues. And so why don't we start with the basics? You have an incredible track record. You were the head of Qualcomm Innovation for many, many years. You were at Microsoft AI helping to build virtual agents, and now you're obviously building Credo AI. No, I've heard you say in the past that AI governance is a framework that guides kind of the development and use of AI. And then responsible AI is how you kind of have accountability in implementing that AI governance. Can you help us break down the category? How would you map the space? How do you think about the different sectors? And how do you think about all these different terms like governance, responsible AI, bias, compliance, explainable AI? Absolutely. Well, this is a complex space, but hopefully over the next 15 minutes, I can uncomplicate it. Uh, you know, if you think about responsible AI, it basically means responsible use, development, and procurement of artificial intelligence systems. And the way to accomplish that is through AI governance. And we think about AI governance is a, as a discipline that basically is bringing in policy, compliance, and other perspectives, very multi-stakeholder perspectives within an organization to guide that development, to guide that procurement, to guide that use. So within Credo AI, what's really important is AI governance is this end-to-end full life cycle, contextual oversight and accountability of AI systems so that we can ensure that they are being developed, procured, and used responsibly. One of the other things you will hear a lot of this ecosystem are words like assurance and audit. And the way we think about assurance is essentially providing confidence in deployment of these systems, one, because they're responsible, and two, because you've had governance practices in place to gain that confidence. And similarly, audit is essentially testing of these systems against a known set of standards that exist so that you can provide a view into how these systems are doing with an independent audit criteria. So hopefully that gives you a view into everything from AI audit to AI governance. But at the end of the day, the goal really is how do you infuse responsibility as well as accountability in building these AI applications? Yeah, that's super helpful. And obviously you started Credo AI back in 2020. I was on the forefront of all this before the category was even named. I'm curious for your thoughts on what do you think people today still get wrong about AI governance? You know, that's such a great question. The first and foremost thing I think most organizations and people are getting wrong about AI governance is that it is a speed bump. And I think about AI governance as a ski jump. You know, this is something that helps you actually catapult into leveraging artificial intelligence with confidence at scale. 
So really important right now, organizations that want to become leaders in artificial intelligence have to adopt governance as this amazing tool in their tool chest to actually accelerate that adoption of artificial intelligence and responsible use and development. So that's one core thing. The second myth I think that exists in this market is regulation is a forcing function why organizations need to adopt governance. And I think that's a completely missed opportunity for organizations who are thinking that. The way we should be thinking about AI governance is it's actually a catalyst for better business outcomes. If you want to be a leader in artificial intelligence, you want to retain customers longer, you want to keep your customers happier, you want to make sure your employees are engaged, and you want to have stakeholder visibility across your organization so that as you're bringing in AI, you can reap the benefits of artificial intelligence, whether it is in your bottom line optimization or top line or green line, it is really important to understand that governance is going to be that spark that helps you get all these benefits. And then lastly, the thing that people get wrong a lot is that it is a responsibility of this one unique individual, this one unique role within an organization. And we truly believe that as organizations are adopting artificial intelligence and it is infusing in every part of your business, it is infusing in every part of your employees' day-to-day -day role, what is really critical is responsible AI becomes part of everyone's responsibility. Governance to meet those responsible AI objectives becomes really critical to have that multi-stakeholder engagement because, again, with artificial intelligence, it is not just about the technical risk of this technology, but the social technical implications we are going to see in society and in the economies. And you touched on a whole bunch of things that I want to ask you about, but why don't we start with the regulation piece? So you're obviously involved in government affairs. You know, you're on Biden's National AI Advisory Committee. Last week, they talked to a handful of thought leaders in the space and kind of came out with some new actions around responsible AI. Can you give us some insight into how the U.S. government is thinking about AI today and how specifically they learn about generative AI, given how new the technology is? Absolutely. And, and thank you for mentioning that. It's been such an honor to serve on the National AI Advisory Council. I do want to disclose here, Claire, that my perspectives here are my personal and Credo AI's perspective and not NIAC's perspective. So having said that, you know, a couple of key things to think about is if you think about procurement of commercial AI solutions, DOD and U.S. government is one of the largest procurers in the world of these AI systems. And so the key question is for competitiveness of United States, our government really needs to be at the forefront of adopting these transformational technologies. So there is great mechanisms in government to figure out where AI can and cannot have impact. The second thing to understand is procurement is a very important vehicle as you think about how do you ensure this responsible use and development of AI systems. You know, there's been a lot of focus right now in government to put in place right mechanisms to have disclosures, to have responsible impact assessments, to have clarity around where AI should and should not be used, not only in applications which are defense-related, but also critically in applications that are focused on U.S. citizens. Because as you can imagine, one of the core goals within you know, our government, as is evidenced by the great frameworks like Bill of Rights or NIST AI RMF, which is truly a gold standard in artificial intelligence, one of the core focuses, how do you bring in this right-based as well as risk-based approaches together to ensure AI serving humanity and in our case, U.S. citizens. 
So, you know, those are some of the ways that government is one, adopting AI technology very fast, but also staying educated in terms of how to do it in a trustworthy way. Got it. Super interesting. And on the topic of regulation, you know, obviously we've seen a lot of things happen in the space. You know, ChatGPT recently getting banned in some countries like Italy. OpenAI is now being sued. How soon do you think, in your opinion, will we have AI regulation in the U.S. that actually starts to affect you know, everyday tech startups? Yeah, you know, it's uh, again a little bit of a myth, Blair. There's already existing regulations that apply to AI and machine learning. So I think, you know, organizations need to just get educated about what currently applies to them. And then the next thing is, yes, there is an emerging wave of state as well as local and also at federal level legislation that is showing up that is going to put guardrails. Now, whether it is, you know, at local level, bills like Colorado SB 169, which applies to insurance industry, really bringing an impact assessment and having that transparency reporting mechanism or whether it is New York City law number 144, which goes into effect on July 5th, mandating organizations that operate in New York City to be able to provide fairness and bias audit of any sort of automated decision-making tools used for hiring. So I think in terms of when is that moment when suddenly we'll see recognition, we're already seeing that. We are seeing even extensions of you know California Privacy Act to really start being very more intentional about these emerging generative AI capabilities. So the moment is now, it's already happening. And then secondly, I would also like to emphasize that within the global context, United States is a critical player, but there's already some great regulations happening in Europe, for example, with the EU AI Act. And the reason I think that that is a good step forward is because as you start thinking about very highly sensitive, high risk applications, everything from biometric surveillance to algorithms being used behind the scenes in hiring and in medical, it becomes really critical for us to at least put in place guardrails with the right human oversight. And that's what EUAI Act is trying to bring to forefront. So within global context, we are seeing emerging regulations already either being discussed or launched that is going to also apply to companies and organizations within the United States. Right. And you also just mentioned education. And I'm curious, you know, I often think about what is the individual responsibility of every AI builder to build in a responsible way? How are you finding people are getting educated about this topic? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I've been in this space for so long that I've become so used to educating people because it was new. And I would say that generative AI has changed that for us because of the scale that generative AI and tools like ChatGPT have reached because of the simplicity of use. I think there's already an education that inherently is happening among what I like to call as the techno-savvy generation. I have a nine-year-old who actively uses ChatGPT as Dali for her school projects. So, you know, it's very interesting because there are moments I can sit down with her and look at how she's, you know, prompt engineering and prompting these systems and give her education at that moment of use to really share that where it is okay and not okay. But I would say education through use is one of the biggest ways that we are seeing people 
understanding these problems. The second way that we are seeing it is obviously there is a lot of focus at the national level, whether it is through, you know, the great initiatives that White House is putting in place right now around different executive orders, as well as, you know, the Bill of Rights framework, that people are getting to understand how these algorithmic systems actually don't support us or might have inherent biases associated with it. And similarly, statements being made by, you know, FTC, EEOC, etc., is really important in, in educating, especially business stakeholder, in understanding what are the implications when they are using these systems at scale and could result in massive amount of fairness issues or you know misinformation or in many cases manipulation of these systems like we've seen in social media. So I would say now inherently in the past year we are seeing there's a lot of inherent education that's happening at the point of use. Right. And you just mentioned bias, which is one thing that we've been thinking a lot about, especially to your point in the context of children. And so, you know, I was playing with Midjourney the other day. If you go and type for college students studying computer science, you get a very specific set of photos that come back out. That's probably not representative of who is actually studying computer science on college campuses. In your opinion, how do you think about who gets to draw the line of what is bias, what gets put into these models, what comes out? And how should we think about that question, maybe on a more philosophical basis and on a practical basis? You know, Claire, that's such a good question. And that's one of the things that ethics in these systems or our responsibility becomes very important. One of the things that I completely disagree with is that in this new AI ecosystem, humans are powerless. Actually, that's not the case. I think, you know, organizations that are launching these very transformational technologies have a core set of responsibility and accountability before they actually launch any systems. And and this is actually, you know, a discussion I've been having with many of these leaders that rather than using United so the word as you test that, it is really important for us to take accountability and create sandboxes of testing so that we can evaluate the unintended consequences before launching these tools out in the open at scale, just because you want to learn faster and make sure that you can make, you know, a much more powerful technology. So, you know, to answer your question, whose responsibility it is, it goes back to everyone. And I know that sounds like a non-answer, but that truly is the answer. So I think this is a moment in time, you know, you as an individual developer should be asking the question, is this a system that I can actually put out in the market that is going to serve the objectives of humanity or not? And similarly, whether you're a policymaker or someone coming from risk and compliance, it's really critical to start asking questions around what is the risk I'm willing to take as an individual, as well as willing to take as an organization. But more importantly, what am I communicating to the outside world that I am willing to stay accountable to? So again, I think this is a moment in time where the responsibility and our role in this AI age is so critical uh, that, you know, individuals and organizations need to assume that responsibility at scale. Yeah, I love that. I think you're right that everybody needs to be responsible for their part in the AI kind of journey. And so maybe related to this topic, we start to see a lot of emerging copyright issues pop up, you know, whether it's mid-journey training on copyrighted images or companies like Adobe that have made the decision to not do that. How do you think the way that we approach copyrights here in the U.S. evolve over time? Yeah, you know, Claire, it's a, it's a really interesting question because just in the past, I would say four months, I'm sure you followed, you know, the copyright that was rejected for Midjourney. You've also seen Copyright Office actually establishing a new AI office, again, to get an understanding of what can be copyrighted, created by human versus human plus AI 
versus just AI. So I think how it's going to evolve over time is, I think there's going to be a recognition that there's a place for copyright that is created. But having very clear, again, transparency is going to be key, having very clear, visible ways to showcase that this is a work product created by a machine versus a work product created by a human or the collaboration, that transparency is going to be more critical. So, you know, my prediction for this year is how critical disclosures, watermarking, transparency reporting for all these AI-generated assets are going to become. And I think organizations, whether it is SEC, whether it is investors investing in private companies, or whether it is, you know, companies, organizations themselves, they're going to be launching more and more transparency reporting to start showing where AI is being used versus not being used. Got it. Now, what behaviors do you think will emerge in this category that don't really exist today? Or what categories are we not talking about right now that you think will become very important in the next couple of years? That is a great question. You know, I, I'm a big believer in something called as a persona metamorphosis. And what I mean by that is we are going to see unique roles sort of be created based on your existing roles. So as an example, we are already seeing many organizations create roles of ethicists, or we are seeing new roles being created at the intersection of policy and data science, or we are seeing new roles being created, which is focused on compliance, but really coming from a machine learning background. So I think what we are going to start seeing is that there is going to be finally a coming together of uh, you know different functions and backgrounds whether it is data science merging with social sciences, whether it is compliance merging with machine learning. And the reason for those kinds of new job profiles is because of the techno-social nature of artificial intelligence. You know, the massive societal and economic disruption this technology is going to have is going to require those diverse perspectives and stakeholders. And that's where this emergence of new kinds of roles And then the second role, which I'm calling the human oversight officer, you know, I think people chuckle at that, but I think what is going to be really interesting is whether the scale and speed of AI actually entering into every application we can think about, making sure that these systems are still meeting objectives and making sure that these systems are still factual, making sure that their risk is being managed we are going to see a massive role of human oversight over these systems. So I do see emergence of human oversight officers in different functions as a next key category. Great. And last question, you know, this space obviously moves so fast. Every week there's something new happening. What's, you know, a person, a book, a podcast, a newsletter maybe that you really like to use when you're trying to keep up with all the AI news? Right now, you know, I can't even keep up with all the excitement that's happening in the market So my best source of knowledge is customers and users of these technologies. Yeah, that's great. And Narina, thanks so much for joining us today. You can find Narina at Narina Singh and at credo.ai. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Claire. Navrina, thanks so much for joining us today. You can find Navrina at at Navrina Singh and at credo.ai. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, subscribe, and review Inspired in 15, and we'll see you next time.